today on Ag News Daily. Originally, COVID had nothing to do with it, but it kind of worked out perfectly because once COVID hit, everyone kind of wanted to buy local and uh, support their farmers more. So it was a great first year for us to do it. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's another Ag News Daily podcast. I am Ashton Carr, joined by Delaney Howell. And Delaney, my days are a bit thrown off since I wasn't on the podcast yesterday, but it is a Wednesday, correct? It is, yes. I missed you yesterday, Ashton. It was weird hosting without you. Oh, I can only imagine. I feel like you and I go back and forth so much that I couldn't imagine just, you know, sitting there talking news by myself, but I'm really proud of you for getting it done. Thank you. Yes, it is always a little uh, strange when you're sitting here talking to a microphone, envisioning like, okay, what are people, are people listening? Are people going to tune out? How do I make things lively and exciting? Having a conversation with myself, basically. You know, I kind of have conversations by myself all the time in my head. So I imagine it wasn't too different than that. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. (laughs) Well, I'm sure a lot of farmers can uh, resonate with that too. They're probably having conversations in their heads about harvest this year, but folks, you don't have to have conversations in your head. We'll, We'll have conversations for you that you can listen to. Absolutely, Delaney. And to kick off today's conversation, I want to talk about rural access to internet. In growing up in a rural community, I can attest that broadband internet or high-speed internet connectivity is a little troublesome sometimes, especially right now. I can only imagine with young folks doing online school and really everything being pretty virtual. And with that being said, the USDA is investing $46.4 million towards high-speed internet connection in rural Illinois as part of the ReConnect program. I tell you what, saying rural can be can be a little tough sometimes. So bear with me as we as we go through this story. U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue shared the projected impact of the investment during a virtual announcement earlier, not earlier today, earlier yesterday on Tuesday. And with almost 22,000 people being affected, a $20 million reconnect grant and $20 million reconnect loan is being awarded to Hamilton County Telephone Co-op to deploy a fiber to the premises network in Celine, Williamson, Franklin, and White Counties. And the remaining $6.4 million will be split between a grant and loan to Flat Rock Telephone Co-op Incorporated for the same type of network in Crawford and Lawrence Counties. Purdue added that the COVID-19 pandemic has further emphasized the need for rural broadband to provide access to telehealth, remote learning, and remote business operations. And these funds are part of the $550 million Congress allocated in the second round of the ReConnect program. So some good news for folks out in rural Illinois. Definitely. Uh, It sounds like there is some good news there for some folks out there in rural Illinois. But Ashton, there's not some good news for folks at Pilgrim's Pride. As we know, there's been an antitrust lawsuit going on that they had restrained competition and prices. And we saw or we've seen about six, I believe, of their top officials, top executives at the company be indicted. Well, 
they finished that little indictment process because Pilgrim's Pride has agreed to go ahead and pay a $110.5 million fine to resolve those charges of price fixing in both the broiler chicken and uh, poultry industry. And so they have entered a plea agreement with the Justice Department's antitrust division. And they were said that the fine was for restraint of competition that affected three contracts for the sale of chicken products to one consumer or excuse me, to one customer in the United States. So bad news there for uh, those folks. But in some other livestock related news, this fell through my cracks or fell through the cracks earlier yesterday. But Green Plains is exiting the cattle feeding business. Of course, this is an Omaha based feed yard and they have just sold their 50% remaining interest in Green Plains Cattle Co for $80 million. Buyers are a group of investment funds that include AGR Partners and Stepstone Group. This transaction was signed into effect on October 9th with an effective date as of October 1st. And so these new folks that have stepped in here, uh, AGR specifically will provide the capital through non-controlling equity. And it seems that Green Plains is no more for the cattle industry. Well, Delaney, I have some cattle news myself, and it is talking about the Cattle Market Transparency Act of 2020. The executive vice president of the Missouri Missouri Cattlemen's Association, Mike Deering, says the act would provide producers the information they needed to make better or to, to better market their cattle. And Deering also said that formula transactions are not reported in the cattle market and that information is held by the USDA because of confidentiality guidelines. And Mike was quoted as saying, if you remove those, you get the data out there and stop the market suppression and allow us to know what the value of cattle is. And Deering said that the House bill sponsored by Missouri's Vicki Holzer and the corresponding Senate bill sponsored by Nebraska's Deb Fisher are legislation that all cattle producers should be able to support. And the act would direct the USDA to create a library of records of contracts between packers and producers, require the Ag Secretary to regionally establish levels of negotiated cash trade, and mandate packers to report cattle scheduled for delivery and slaughter two weeks in advance. Mm. Yeah, it it sounds like this is really aiming to fix some of the alleged price fixing we've seen for the cattle industry. It certainly does, Delaney. But other than that, I'm all out of news for the day. How about you? I tell you what, I have just a few other quick pieces of news here. A couple of big signups coming up for our agricultural producers, one of which is ARC and PLC programs for the 2021 crop year. Hard to believe we're talking about 2021 crop year when the 2020 crop is still in the ground in some places. But the sign-up period opened yesterday, Tuesday, October 13th, for enrollment in the 2021 growing season. Of course, if you're using those, I'm sure you know how to get signed up and fix that, but they are taking applications already, as well as for the dairy margin coverage program. They're also taking applications for that program as well. As of September 28th, according to the USDA, there were about 
13,479 dairy operations enrolled in 2020 coverage. And it appears now they are expecting more folks to sign up here in 2021, largely because of COVID-19 related issues. But before we talk markets, Ashton, I had just a couple other quick headlines here I wanted to chat through, one of which definitely sparked the commodity markets higher today was more purchases of Chinese or more purchases by Chinese folks. We saw another large Chinese purchase of U.S. corn showing the country is surging and continuing to build or rebuild their swine herd. The USDA announced on Wednesday an export sale of 420,000 metric tons of U.S. corn to China. And we also saw our crop progress numbers released as of yesterday afternoon. And numbers came in for the week ending October 11th, we saw our 18 state average at about 94% corn matured and 41% corn harvested, just a little lower than what analysts were originally expecting to see on this week's report. On the soybean side of things, we saw 61% of soybeans harvested well ahead of the five-year average, which puts us usually around 42% of the nation's crop being harvested by now. And cotton is also right on track for their five-year average at 26% harvested for this time of year. So we'll continue to watch that and see how harvest progresses for folks. But Ashton, I know you're wanting to talk to a farmer who's in the middle of harvest, whether it's cotton, soybeans, corn, or otherwise later this week. Is that right? Yes, Delaney. I actually put out on our Twitter page earlier that we are looking for a farmer to come on the podcast on Friday. I'm really interested to see how harvest is going, especially since folks are kind of wrapping up up around your area with soybeans. But farmers, if you're interested in being on the podcast, reach out to us on social media or you can email us at info at agnewsdaily.com. Absolutely. Listeners, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Love to see your harvest pictures, and hopefully you're having a successful harvest. But I know commodity markets are successful for once this time of year, having a little counter-seasonal rally. So let's dive in here and take a look at the grains to start. The December corn contract finished up five and a quarter cent today to close at 396 and a half. The March up three and a quarter to close at 402 and a half. In the soybean pits, November adding 12 and a quarter cent to close at 10.56 and a quarter. The January up 10 and a quarter to close at 10.57 and a quarter. In the Chicago wheat pits, December adding two and three quarters cent to close at 5.96 and three quarters. The March adding three and a half to close at six dollars and three quarters of a cent. In the livestock pits, Weakness in the live cattle complex today as the October shed 45 cents to close at 108.37 and a half. The December down 95 to close at 110.27 and a half. Feeder cattle had a little bit of a mixed trading day today as the October contract added a quarter to close at 138.37 and a half. The November shed 50 cents to close at 136.32 and a half. Lean hogs continue some upward momentum into today with the October contract closing 62 and a half cents higher at 78.42. The December adding $2.27 and a half cents to close at 68.42 and a half. 
And rounding out our markets with the Class 3 Dairy Milk Futures, October adding 13 cents to close at 21.30, the November shedding 17 to close at 20.47. Ashton, without further ado, let's kick it over to my conversation with Becca Hilby. Well, for today's podcast, chatting with Becca Hilby, who is a fellow podcaster and also works on agriculture. Becca, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me. So Becca, before we talk podcasting, which I always love to do with fellow podcasters, tell me a little bit more about your background and how you got into agriculture and podcasting, all that fun stuff. Sure. Uh, Well, I am from Wisconsin, Southwest Wisconsin. I did not grow up on a farm. Um, when I was about 10 years old, 9 or 10 years old, we had joined 4-H because my cousins were in it. And uh, we had a dairy farmer come to one of the meetings and was like, hey, anyone wants to show a cow, like, come out and, you know, come to the farm. So we did it and uh, never kind of looked back from that. So I went to school at the University of Wisconsin, Platteville, and graduated with a degree in animal science with a dairy emphasis. And while I was at school, I started working on a dairy farm, which I'm still at uh, today. I've been there for about 12 years now, and I've got my own herd on the farm. And then I'm also the calf manager there. Um, So that's been really fun. And then my husband and I also live on a grandparents' farm where we raise brown Swiss beef and dairy steers. And um, this year, we just started selling the meat at like farmer's markets and stuff. So that's been a fun journey. Oh, that's very interesting. I hadn't realized that component of it. I'm eager to hear more. And I'm guessing that COVID maybe sparked you guys to do some more direct to consumer retailing routes. So originally COVID had nothing to do with it, but it kind of worked out perfectly because once COVID hit, everyone kind of wanted to buy local and uh, support their farmers more. So it was a great first year for us to do it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's very neat. So what, um, what, products were you retailing and you said farmers markets is that right yep so we in the past we've um, sold like halves and quarters um, of steers to people and that was going well Uh, and then I really I wanted to get to farmers markets just to connect with more consumers um, because I think that's probably the coolest part about being in agriculture is just like meeting people that are supporting you whether they know it or not Uh, so we started selling just any cuts of beef uh, like steaks roasts ground beef. And then we did summer sausage and sticks, like snack sticks, which were a big hit. And then we've also got chickens. So I was selling eggs when I had them. And we actually just got pigs this year too. But so far, we've just been selling all of those whole. We haven't had to do it by the cut. Very, very neat. I wish I lived a little closer. I love a good uh, cheese stick. And, you know, you being from the state of Wisconsin, I'm sure you guys have some great dairy products. But, Becca, I want to talk a little bit more about your podcast, Forward Farming. You co-host that with Amber. What What was your dynamic like putting that together? So I have to credit Amber. She is the one that came up with it. Uh, and she's kind of the backbone of the podcast. Uh, But she is a cranberry farmer uh, from northern Wisconsin, and she had wanted to make a podcast for a while. So um, she reached out to me, oh, earlier this spring, probably, and we had kind of talked about it. Uh, And then, you know, I don't know if this is how it went for you, but, you know, you talk about it and then time goes by and nothing happens. (laughs) Uh, And then finally, we're like, okay, let's do this. 
So we've been, I think we just released episode 14 today, actually. Um, So it's been a lot of fun. We do weekly episodes. We focus mostly on, I guess, our lives in general. Um, I hate to say agriculture because we kind of just focus on our life and like what's going on, but that mostly revolves around agriculture. Uh, And then we've had a, uh, a couple guests so far. We had our husbands on. That was a fun episode. And we had um, Annalise Wagner. She's a dairy farmer from up near where Amber lives. So it's been really neat just to get different perspectives, um, you know, different people around our state. And we're really excited to just keep recording and keep sharing our lives as farmers, as women farmers, I guess, in Wisconsin. Yeah, I wish that I could say we spent a lot of time and months planning it, but honestly, we started ours and that was that. We didn't have a lot of planning oh, that went into it to first no, start. I wouldn't say ours but... was planning by any. It wasn't planning. It was just kind of putting it off. And then finally you're like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You just kind of have to take the dive at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you guys are both from Wisconsin, you both work in agriculture, and you chose to focus on specifically here, Wisconsin agriculture. Why did you decide to narrow the focus and talk about folks in farming in Wisconsin? I think the big thing for us, and especially for the title Forward Farming, um, Forward is our state motto, and cranberries are the state fruit of Wisconsin, and then the dairy industry, you know, obviously Wisconsin is America's dairy land and milk is the state beverage. So we just, we really have a lot of pride for our state. And I know we've got a lot of listeners outside of the state too. So it's hard to say, you know, we only focus on Wisconsin, but uh, we just, we kind of embody everything Wisconsin stands for, we like to think. So it's been fun to just celebrate that, that fact. Yeah, absolutely. That's really neat. And I'm sure you've gotten a lot of good feedback from listeners already. Um, Were there any stories? I know you said you're still in the beginning phases of your podcast, but have there been any stories or guests besides your husband's that have stuck out to you or anything that you've learned, you know, in doing this podcasting stuff? I think we learned to just kind of go with the flow with our podcast. Um, We aren't huge on planning because stuff happens. You know, she's really, like Amber's really busy with cranberry harvest right now. Uh, me, I'm kind of always busy with the dairy and the kids and stuff like that. So we honestly just take it week by week. And I think our, our listeners kind of resonate with that a lot. Um, in all of our reviews, everyone says how relatable we are and how they feel like they're just sitting down and like talking with a friend when they listen to us. So that's kind of been, I think our goal overall, like we just want to relate to our listeners and we want to let them know that they're not alone whatever they're going through. Absolutely and I think that's a great message that a lot of people seem to be taking on in agriculture just you know letting people know that it might be an isolated business you are farming with maybe yourself or your families but there are other people out there going through the same things that you're going through and I love that message. Exactly yeah and I know on my Instagram too I I keep it real and I probably embarrass myself more than I need to but every time I do or like say a story of something about that I messed up I get comments that are like oh my gosh like I can relate to that so much so I keep doing it because if I can make one person feel less lonely then it's worth it yeah absolutely well I'm glad that you brought up uh, your Instagram account too because before I let you go Becca we've got to make sure we talk about where folks can find your podcast forward farming and also follow along with you guys on social media 
Yeah. So we are uh, Forward Farming Podcast. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And then you can listen to us at Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, and then on Instagram, uh, Amber's page is at Cranberry Chats, and mine is at Farming with the Hillbies. And then we're both on Facebook, too. My uh, Facebook page is Hillby Family Farm, and Amber's is Cranberry Chats. Awesome. Well, Becca, thank you so much again for hopping on today and chatting podcasts. I'm excited to start giving yours a follow. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, again, a big thank you there to Becca for coming on, chatting on the podcast for today, but uh, definitely give their podcast a listen. It sounds like it is a pretty good one, and they cover a lot of cool stuff up there being from Wisconsin. Well, Delaney, we're also covering some great stuff here on the Ag News Daily podcast, which you can go back and listen to on the Ag News Daily website at agnewsdaily.com and follow along with us on social media while you're at it. And again, if you're interested in coming on the podcast this Friday to talk about harvest, definitely reach out to us. With that, Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.